You're listening to the Vineyard Community Church Podcast. For more information, visit vccmountcomfort.org. As the worship team retires here, just uh, I just want to thank God for the servants of the Lord who bring the presence of the Lord. Father, we just thank you that heaven descended upon us today as we worshiped, as we prayed. We long for you. We long to be a part of what you're doing in the earth. So Lord, may your presence here with us this morning fill this place to overflowing. And may we then impart that light, that presence, as Barbara Irwin's family comes in today for her memorial. And I felt like the Lord was saying as we were worshiping, the light has come and the word was made flesh and dwelt among men. The word is made flesh and dwells among you. I declare that today. Those words were spoken so long ago. And today, the Lord indwells each of you. And so his presence is here with us today in the earth in a very real sense. Well, good morning. I'm Linda. I'm one of the pastors here. Actually, the pastor calls me his chaplain. And to you, Marcus, thank you. So today I am going to speak about peace. And we talk about peace a lot as we walk with the Lord, don't we? It's one of the things that we long for, really, isn't it? It's one of the fruits of the Spirit that we pray about and develop as we grow in Christ. Today, though, I want to take you to another level another level of peace that is available to all of us in Christ Jesus. I've only discovered this peace over the last two or three years. And I'm 74 and I've been walking with the Lord for a long time. And so that's how long it's taken for me to understand and get, to get a grasp on, not just intellectually, but experientially the true peace of God that I call the resident peace. That peace is with, that is with us from Jesus through every circumstance and situation that we come into. And we know as we sit here this morning, there are many circumstances that are bubbling right now. Circumstances that are kind of out of, out of the ordinary. Circumstances that we really haven't expected and yet here they are and here we are and what does the lord want us to know about this time with him i defined this piece this is not out of webster's i hope it's from the holy spirit and that is this that it is that unexplainable inner calm and sense of well-being that fills one's being and that finally resides in us 
all the time, coming up out of our relationship with God. It's a fruit of the Spirit. So as we dwell with the Spirit, we know love. Say them with me. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. These are the, called the fruits of the Spirit from Galatians 5.22. And, and the word says, and there is no law against those. And so this peace is a gift of God, which we're going to see here in just a minute. And it's also a fruit of the Spirit. I call it a peace that holds me anchored in the midst of the unexpected. Let me say that again. It's a peace that holds you anchored in the midst of the unexpected. So Philippians 4, 7 talks about the peace of God, which transcends or passes all understanding. It goes way beyond our ability to understand it. A peace that guards our heart and our mind as we live in Christ Jesus. And I like the, the fact that the scripture talks about peace coming to our heart and our mind. And we're going to look at a scripture about that in just a minute. And so many times we strive for, as, as men and women of the Lord, we strive for peace. But you know what I have found in these years? That if I don't have peace in my mind, that I have trouble having peace in my heart. So this is a, this is a quality, this is an entity that we want to experience in our heart and in our mind. So I want to take a look at our first scripture. And I want to thank Anne and Erson, Anne's training in, training in uh, learning to do the PowerPoint. Thanks, you guys, back there. So from John 14, 27, and this is in the New Living Testament. Jesus speaking to his disciples says, I am leaving you a gift, a gift of peace of heart and mind. The peace that I give is not the peace the world can give. Now the world can bring about a certain peace, especially at this time of year, but it's temporary, isn't it? It's transient. The peace God gives is for all times. I like this verse especially, 2 Thessalonians 3.16. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times and in all situations. That's the second one there on the screen. And that is vital to our understanding of this peace that I'm speaking to you about today. And I want us to say this together. That's the second one from 2 Thessalonians. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times and in all situations. God himself is the Prince of Peace through Jesus Christ. It's obtainable. It's accessible. It's not some ethereal concept that we can't get hold of, that we try and try and try and we just can't get there. No, 
It's available. It's available. The Lord of peace himself gives us peace. It's, it's part of who he is. And as he touches us, he imparts peace to us. How many of you need an impartation of the peace of Jesus Christ today? Let me see your hands. Yes. You have situations in your life in your lives or your family, in the world, your finances, your health, where we need that peace. Otherwise, how are we going to make it through? How are we going to continue to contend for the faith? How are we going to continue to fight the good fight if we don't have the Prince of Peace? Remember, this is an aside. This is free. This is free. Remember, in Exodus, Moses was saying to God, Lord, if you don't go with us, we're not going. And we're the same today. Lord, if you're not with us, if your presence isn't with us, if your peace isn't with us, we can't go out to the world. What would we have to take? What would we have to give? So we must have that impartation for Jesus. And just put your hand up again. I'm going to pray that for you. Lord, to all of us who stretch out our hands to you today, we pray even now for the impartation of your beloved self and specifically, Father, today of your peace. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. In John 16, Jesus is talking to his disciples just before his death, and he's telling them that they are all going to scatter and he is going to be left alone. But then he says, but I'm never alone because my father's with me. Dad's with me. He's right beside me, watching over me. And then in verse 33, very importantly, Jesus says, I tell you these things so that you will have peace in me. Say that with me. Peace in me. That's peace in Jesus. Say it one more time. Peace in me. Do you see how accessible Jesus and his peace are to each one of us? You know, the scripture goes on and talks about peace through Jesus, and I don't have these on the screen. Let me just tell you where they are. In, first Colossians, or in Colossians 1, verse 20, we have peace through Jesus' blood on the cross. In Romans 5, 1, we have peace with God through, wait for it, Jesus. That's right, we have peace through Jesus. In Ephesians 2, 13 and 14, now in Christ Jesus, you've been brought near to God through the blood of Jesus, for he himself is our peace. Okay, now if I, if I didn't speak to you anymore today, what is one truth that you would be carrying out of here with you today? That Jesus is peace. And that as we dwell in Jesus, we have peace. We can have peace. Now you're saying to yourself, uh, I dwell in Jesus, I love Jesus, I worship Jesus, I pray to Jesus, and I'm a mess. Yeah, I, I'm gonna tell you a little story about myself here in just a few minutes about being a mess. But I don't want you to be discouraged 
because as we observe fruit in our gardens and on the trees and as we observe flowers, we know that any growth takes time. And especially when we're waiting on fruit, like the full blossom or the final apple or the final grape, as we wait, we grow. And so be encouraged, even today as you're sitting there, you're growing and your ability to walk in this wonderful peace is growing as well. So I wanna, I wanna tie this in now to the Christmas story, to the Christmas tide events. And I'm not gonna read that familiar story because we'll be reading it with each other throughout the season. But as the people of old were anticipating a savior, they sure didn't observe what they were expecting. The events of the Annunciation, the birth of Christ, are out of the ordinary, out of expectation. Hmm. Have you had anything happen to you lately that's out of the ordinary, out of your expectation? Guess what? God's working through that. Don't give up on it. So I just want to call to your attention some of the things that were out of the ordinary, completely beyond comprehension. Uh, the angel Gabriel came and told Mary, the virgin, that she would be overshadowed by the Holy Spirit and would conceive a son in her womb. Now, any of you ladies who've ever been pregnant know that is not how you got pregnant. So that was out of the ordinary, right? And Mary and Joseph, as beloved as they are in church history today, in our faith, they were a rather ordinary kind of nondescript couple. A man, a young woman, planning to be married, kind of from poor backgrounds. And yet we know that there was something vitally important inside of each of those people to God. And so let's be encouraged. If we find ourselves feeling hmm, ordinary, God's not using me, God can't use me. Oh, think again, my friends. Think back to Mary and Joseph and what God did through them. They were willing, they were obedient. Mary said, let it be done to me according to your word, as the angel Gabriel brought that miraculous word to her. Jesus' birth itself, although through normal channels then, through a virgin woman, was among animals. Now that, that might not have been too uncommon in those days, because there were some rooms and houses that really people kept their animals. So that might not have been too uncommon, but this is what was uncommon. The angel told the shepherds, you will find a babe wrapped in swaddling or strips of cloth, lying in a manger, lying in a feeding trough. That was uncommon. That was unusual. 
That was out of the ordinary. The people of that time were expecting a king. Let me read, let me read this in scripture from Isaiah 9, 6 and 7. I'm just going to go ahead and read that here, and you'll see that on the screen too. For unto us, oh, if you know these verses, say them, they're so beautiful. For unto us a son is, a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, and of the increase of his government and peace. There will be no end and he will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of God Almighty will accomplish this. So the people of old knew their scripture. So after reading those words, what do you think they were expecting? They were expecting a king they were expecting at least a personage of authority who would bring down the bondage of the Roman Empire that would free them and release them. A baby? Really? That's not what they were expecting. But out of the unexpected, out of God's unimaginable being came this lowly birth of the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Prince of Peace. It blows my mind. And later then, we see in Luke 2, the angels proclaimed the birth of Jesus to the shepherds and said, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to men of goodwill. In all of this unexpected, out of the ordinary circumstances, the Prince of Peace was born. That just blows my mind. Every Christmas, as we reponder and meditate upon this miraculous, glorious word becoming flesh and dwelling among us. All right, so the question is, how do we translate this peace into our very own circumstances? So now I'm gonna tell you this funny story that I promised I would tell you. About two and a half months ago, my husband and I were babysitting our grand dog. His name is Max, because his mom and dad, my son and his wife, were going to Florida for a couple weeks. So. Yes, of course, we would be glad to keep Max. Now, I want to tell you that as I walked this 50-pound dog, 40 or 50-pound dog, around the neighborhood, my neighbors laughed at me. Who is walking whom, they asked me. And there were times as I ran along behind him, I wasn't sure who was walking whom. So I tell you that only because I want that to serve as a backdrop for my own loss of peace. So having a dog, I found out, 
really requires a lot of work. I mean, you have to make sure they, they, they walk a couple, at least a couple, three times a day. They have to be fed, they have to be watered. And our dog, grand dog, Max, is a, uh, he, he, he's a high maintenance dog. He's a high maintenance dog. And so um, we really had to be attentive to his needs and, and what he needed and where he was comfortable. And did he have a blanket to sleep on? And did he have a toy to play with? And we popped him in the car a couple times and took him to our local uh, ice creamery and he got a pup cup. That's a little cup filled with uh, whipping cream. And so we were kind of out of our ordinary flow, out of our usual routine. And Ross and Sarah got ready to come home. And I said to them magnanimously, oh, I'll pick you up at the airport, having hadn't never been there for years and years and years. I'll, I'll come and get you. And I'll tell you what, the closer that day got, the more anxious I could tell. I was getting anxious. This wonderful peace that I had learned to live in was fleeing. And so it's a long story that I don't want to go into now, but I finally got Max home and got the car and started on the way to the airport. And I had, I had talked to Rick B about how to get to the airport because he goes to get Pastor Rick all the time and Debbie. And uh, he had told me directions. And so I was, he said, just stay on 70 West. You're going to be okay. And so I did. I stayed on 70 West. And I stayed on 70 West. And I stayed on 70 West. And pretty soon I was seeing signs from Monrovia. And I didn't see the airport any longer. <laughs> and I pulled off in a rest place and I called Rick and I said, I think I went past the airport, you know, and here the time is clicking away. Their plane is going to be get, coming down to the ground here soon. And I am on my way to Monrovia. <laughs> so Rick said, now I'm going to put you on speakerphone. Susie's right here and we're going to walk you through. So go on up to the next exit and turn around. So I did that. And he said, now I want you to come back east and we'll see if there isn't an airport uh, ramp from there. Well, there wasn't because of all the construction. All those ramps were closed off. So I had to come clear back to whole road to turn around. And most of you know, there on 465 South, that whole road's pretty close to the city. So I had to come back a long way. And the, t the moments are ticking away and I just see the plane descending and coming down to the ground and I'm not there. And so uh, Susie and Rick kept saying, we're gonna stay on the phone until you are actually in the cell phone uh, parking lot. So I, I approached the airport once again and uh, Rick said, now this is what you should be seeing. But you know what, I didn't see that. And so I started reading to him the, what I saw on the signs. And finally I said to him, I, I'm, I'm going to pass the airport again. I'm just going to get off on this one that says Airport Expressway, I think it was. And then there were a couple of other Ronald Reagan Parkway and there's something else under that yet. I got off in that. And pretty soon I was seeing what Rick told me I should be seeing. Oh, praise God. Oh my gosh, I made it. I made it into the cell phone area before they landed. Guys, praise God. I all praise the God that I made it into Rick and Susie B. So after that day and the next morning while I was at home, I realized 
that the peace that I had learned to live in had left me. I mean, it was gone because of several things. And so I want to talk about receiving peace and walking in peace and maintaining peace. Now, are we all going to have those kinds of crazy moments? Yeah, because this is life. And we're going to have those crazy times. We just are. Jesus said, I bring you peace, but don't worry. You're going to experience trouble, but don't worry. I've overcome the world. So, whew, okay. But sometimes it's still crazy and you're still a mess in it, right? My blood pressure went up. My pulse went up. I was frantic in my activities. I was, I was kind of mindless. I, I went this way and I'd go that way. I couldn't stay out of the bathroom. I mean, I was a mess. So as we saw in our opening scripture, and we continued it to talk, Jesus is peace. He is our source of peace. And that doesn't come from a superficial relationship with God. Oh, hi, God. Hope you're doing okay. I guess I'm okay. Oh, it's Sunday. Okay, I'll go to church and then forget him the rest of the week. I'm sorry. You may have your salvation, but you don't have the depth of a consistent, ongoing relationship with the Lord, which is where this peace emanates out from. I see some heads shaking. Yes. Once I finally began to recognize this resident peace within myself, I became jealous for it. I became desperate to hang on to it, to protect it. And so I want to finish up here this morning with some habits I've begun to develop over the last couple years that helps maintain this peace. First of all, from Colossians 3.1, and you guys know this one, fix your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. I think there's a song, right? Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. Verse 2 says, fix your heart on things above, not on things in the earth. And we know that as we think on the things of God, that the things of this earth kind of finally do start to fade away, or they at least come into some perspective, right? Some manageable perspective. Okay, this is going on, I'm in the middle of it, but my eyes are on the Lord, and I trust Him, and He's going to take care of this because He wants good for me and for those I'm praying for. So, number one, have a growing, close relationship with Jesus. Work at it. Like you work at your relationships here on the earth, work at this relationship. Let the peace that comes from Christ rule your heart, not the circumstances. And if the news upsets you or the newspaper or a magazine, don't partake of it. Shut it off. 
turn it off. Build your life with Jesus. Build your life with Jesus. Now, for me, that means getting up in the morning and grabbing my cup of coffee and my Bible. That is my time with the Lord. One day, I even sat out a coffee mug for him. Build that time with him. Be intentional about it. You, you know that from your own life and your own relationships that if you're not intentional, those relationships become weaker and they may even become non-existent because you're not investing in them. So invest in your relationship with Jesus. Now, another thing I like to do is journal. It's part of how I pray to the Lord. It's how I pour out my heart to him. I guard this peace also by setting my schedule thoughtfully and carefully. I no longer allow myself to just run pell-mell, helter and skelter, from this to that. I pace myself and I say no, even when it pains me to say no. So most of you know that I am a nurse, I'm retired, and I have a new job. My job is caring for my husband in our home. And because of this call, because of this assignment, through it, God has taught me these lessons of peaceful living, of quiet living. Because if I don't so order my life, if I'm running helter and skelter, I don't have time or energy for my number one assignment. And right now that is caring for him. And so I learned that I had to say, no, I'm sorry, I can't be available for that. I can come here, but I, I can't do this. And that hurts me to say that because if you know me, I love to help. Even if I'm not that big of a help, like in the kitchen at James Mission, I'm at least there, I can at least cut the carrots or something. I wanna help, but sometimes for the greater good, for the assignment God's called me to, I have to say no. I intentionally live now a quieter life and being retired has helped this tremendously. When I worked, I ran from office to home to church and it was just, I felt like I was on a merry-go-round sometimes. And it broke my heart because I longed to be here. I longed to be ministering with my brothers and sisters. But I intentionally live quieter now without a lot of noise. I don't have a lot going on in my home. My husband likes to sleep a lot. I keep our home quiet. I listen for God. And I don't want to miss what he might say. I look for God everywhere. When I'm out and about, when I'm in my car, sometimes I won't even turn my radio on or a CD because I feel like maybe the Lord's going to speak and I don't want to miss it. Don't want to miss what he's going to say. What are you saying, Lord? What are you doing? What do you want me to be doing? How can I align my heart with yours? And you know what? That's a prayer God always answers, right? Yes. 
Lastly, I listen to those in my life that I trust. God has built families, spheres around each one of us, and we've developed trusting relationships, and those are the voices God will use to speak into our lives. And as I've been caring for my husband these last years, it's been those voices of close friends around me who have said, take time, get help. And I heeded the counsel of their words and I'm healthier for it. We have to have people that we're accountable to, people who we trust enough and love enough who will speak into our lives. Now, we may not always take someone else's counsel, but we can at least take it to prayer, take it to God and say, did I hear your voice through Pastor Rick? Which often I do, by the way. Lastly, I just want to kind of throw these last couple things in about uh, that helps to maintain peace and walk in it. Eat responsibly. Now, I'm struggling in that area right now. When I worked, I wasn't home with food so available, but I'm home now and I have food that's available anytime I want it. So I have, I'm, I'm learning in that area and also regular exercise, a regular walk. I love to ride my bike. I'm still working on that. But when I am active, I feel better. It releases the natural endorphins in my body and I feel better. So these are some of the things that I do that keep me in the resident peace of God. And if you're not there yet, if you're still going helter-skelter, if you're still knowing the peace sometimes, but not all the time, keep on. Keep on keeping on because God has more. I think sometimes we think, especially older people like me, well, I guess I'm, gee, I don't know if there's anything else to learn or anything else to do. I'm, you know, I'm old now. But that's not true. God is always pouring into us wanting to use us. He's, he's got, as long as you're breathing here in the earth, folks, he's got a job for you to do. What is it? It may be praying. I see Joyce sitting back there. It may be coming through the food pantry and praying a blessing of encouragement on all of us. God has a plan. God has a job for you. So as long as you're breathing, breathe him in breathe him out, and listen for his voice. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To receive more audio content from The Vineyard, click the subscribe button in iTunes.